<laughs> I've been around folks that have to try to work him up. But I'll tell you, in the last several years, he's up. And I like that. Would y'all please be seated. Thank you very much. Thank y'all, musicians, choir, whatever y'all call yourself. Fuego. Fuego is fire. I've been learning fire in lots of languages. Fear van Hoot. That's close to how they say it in South Africa. Fogo. That's Portuguese. Fogo. That's Spanish. Fire. That's Southern U.S. <laughs> But how my Indians say it, they taught me a term. She silly cleat. She silly cleat. Receive the fire of God. That's an ancient language. That's Aztec. It's very old. And I've taken the time to learn it. So I just walk around through my brothers telling them, She silly cleat. Amanse. Receive the fire of God because the Holy Ghost power is here and the Son of God is here to slam you. So receive it. <laughs> yeah. How about Jesus? How y'all doing today? Y'all doing all right? I happen to be doing pretty nice today. I was doing all right yesterday and the day before. That's pretty good. Well, if it's all right, I'd like Mrs. Hogan to come up here and share with you a few a few minutes, if that's okay. Is that all right, Mrs. Hogan? There we go. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Is on? Yep, it's supposed to be. All right. Look here. Top, top, it's on. All right. Thank you, Jesus. It's a blessing to be here this morning. Most of all, it's a blessing to be serving God. That's right. God called us close to 25 years ago to the jungles of Mexico. We were going to an area that had not had the gospel preached. So we weren't going to meet Christian brothers there. We were going to meet a lot of offense. And it was a little bit difficult for me. I had all the grandmothers and everybody saying, How are you going to raise your children there? It's too dangerous. What are you going to do? I said, Well, we're going to trust God. His grace is sufficient. He told me in His Word it was, and He spoke to my heart that it was. So we went, <laughs> and it, it, was, it was difficult. We had a lot of trials and tribulations, but God's grace has been sufficient. I was dying one time with spinal meningitis. My husband had been out and prayed for a woman in the village. She got totally healed, came home. The demon jumped on me. I was laying in the bed dying. My husband had to leave for service. He knew and I knew that I'd be dead when he got back. But the grace of God was sufficient. He healed me before David got back. That's how it started. There's been, been many, many battles, but God's grace has been sufficient. Our little son, Luis, when he was about five years old, he died in my arms one day. Hours later, God brought him back. His grace was sufficient. Our oldest daughter, when she was about 16, a sickness came on her. She ended up in intensive care. All the doctors and specialists said she was going to die. They said there was no way she could make it. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with her or what to do with her. But God came in the hospital room and touched her. He healed her. His grace was sufficient. He's met every need. He's been faithful. He's never let us down. There's been over 300 churches started in Mexico, and thousands of Indians are saved there. We thank God that he called us there, and his grace is sufficient. Thank you. God bless you. Good grace. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, boy. I thank God that I am easily touched anymore. 
I used to be so tough, God couldn't even touch me. But now, slightest movement in the spirit of God's realm, I can feel it and it just gets on me. And I like that. I really like that. I'm glad I'm not so intelligent that I can't let heaven touch me. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I started out Friday night on something. <clears throat> I'm going to continue on. I want you to read with me over in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Just some of y'all might not have been here. I don't have any idea who was and who wasn't. I was here. Just want to read this. And I'm going to jump somewhere else. But I want to just read this to you. <clears throat> Here's what I do for a living. I was invited by a different ministry group to their orphanage. Uh, they had a pretty good moving orphanage. It was uh, they take in these street kids and battered and abused people, and, and I'm all for that. And so I was over there helping them, doing work around their little orphanage and so forth. And when I got there, I found out that there was a plague of fever and mumps. Do y'all know mumps? Really dangerous in some situations for children. In our societies, it's not that dangerous because it gets taken care of pretty quick. But where I live, it's really dangerous. It could it, it could drop and go into all your all your glands, kill you, and so forth. But I went in there, and there was about 25 kids laying in the cafeteria. They didn't have a clinic or a facility big enough to take care of all that many people sick. And I went in there, these kids were swollen up. I mean, they were miserable. Fever. And I told them, well, what y'all going to do with these people? Well, we're trying to get a doctor out here to help us out. I said, we don't need no doctor. That's not to slight any doctor. That's just, we need Jesus. You understand that? So I took my Bible out, and them kids were sick. I always carry my Bible with me. And I read them just a couple of verses about healing. I said, this is what's fixing to happen. I'm fixing to walk around and touch y'all on the face. And the fever is going to leave you. And the mumps are going to leave you. And y'all are all going to make school in the morning. <laughs> well, all them workers, them workers, every one of them was looking at each other. That's not possible. Well, I know it's not possible. I'm not stupid. You think I don't know what's possible and impossible? I'm a human just like you are. The problem is I know the guy that can fix the impossible situation. Can take the, take the impossibilities and turn them completely around because he's the one that set the rules in the first place. You get it? He's the one set natural laws into effect. He's the one set supernatural laws into effect. And if I can trust him... He can change natural law by supernatural law. And I believe that. Regardless of the situation, I believe that. So I went around with them kids, and I'll tell you, I wasn't prepared. I really wasn't for what God wanted to do. I stuck my hand on the first kid, and that fever ran up in my arm. And that kid got up and went and played. Right down the list, 25 kids, mumps healed, Fever gone instantly on all of them. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's pretty fun. I like that. Because we put up with mumps, broken bones, fevers, things like that. We put up with it because we know that we ride the little boat out, a couple of days she'll be gone. Body will have antibiotics in it now, then it probably won't get it again. Is that true or not? That's how we think. Well, Jesus thinks a little differently than that. Look here now in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus. God consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. With strength and ability and power. He went about doing good. Particularly curing all that were harassed and oppressed. By the power of the devil, for God was with him. I like that because God's with me. This little handkerchief I carry around is getting quite popular around the place. We, uh, I was in a conference a while back, just a few months ago. 
the thing was big. It was there were I don't guess there were hundreds of pastors, but there were definitely dozens and dozens of them, just sitting all over in that pretty. They all looked like mafia to me. They looked the same. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> And anyway, these guys were saying, I had, listen, there were so many people brought handkerchiefs and scarves. Listen, I looked like a hula. I had hundreds. I'm like every color, pink, yellow, greens, bright greens. And I was just walking around with those things. They was drooping down to my feet. And I was sweating real bad because those things are hot when you got hundreds of them stuck on you. But there were, there were, I'm just going to tell you a couple. They, there were some people come up there, got their handkerchief, went. This one guy's a famous football player in our country, and he had torn, his, his leg had blown out, his knee. And that's not good for people whenever they play in sports. But his sister had come to church. She took that handkerchief, and I get this, went down to the, one of the most modern facilities in our country, plays at that dome in New Orleans, Went down there, <clears throat> took that handkerchief up in there with all those therapists and all that. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, you women, y'all got it sometimes. Well, most of the time, actually. And she went and they wrapped that, you know, he's got these packs on there. He took all that junk off and all these things they had. Put that band, that uh, handkerchief on there. And those coaches said, what, what is this? Well, this is my sister. Well, what's she doing? I mean, you're worth a lot of money. That's blah, 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 blah. Leave her alone. You know how these big guys are. I mean, they talk to you about it. It wasn't even 30 minutes. That guy said, hey, my leg's on fire. Those doctors x-rayed him. God had created in, listen, a football player. Brand new ligaments and cartilage in his knee. Isn't that something? Wow. I didn't figure God was into sports like that, but I reckon he might be. (laughs) All right. God anointed Jesus. Go with me to Isaiah 61, please. Isaiah 61. I'm on purpose attacking your intellect. I'm systematically tearing it apart. Because everything that you've been taught in modern society has told you the things I'm telling you can't happen. I was taught and told the same thing. And in most cases, I do believe it. Because people will refuse to believe God. They refuse. Just now, I was down at Brother Kevin Dale's down in Adelaide. We had a pastor's conference down there. There were a few hundred pastors down there. And the last night was what he called... Uh, Healing and Miracle Night. So he opened it up to, and they were, you couldn't sit anybody. They had to turn them away, I guess. There's so many people in there. But this one fella, coming yonder in dreadlocks, big old baggy clothes, had his hat on backwards and so forth. And so he, everybody gave him quite a bit of space. But he comes up there, he's got his arm in this cast, see? This is really nice. And he's standing there just looking at me, this guy is. I said, man, you love Jesus? He said, yeah, I love Jesus. I said, that's good. What do you want from me? He just pointed at that arm. It had been crushed. You understand? So I took my handkerchief out. I didn't say a word to him. Just took my handkerchief out, laid it on that cast. Started talking to him. How you been doing? Doing all right? He said, yeah, man, I'm doing okay. That's me too. I really like this fire. You like this fire? I said, I really love Jesus. You know that? Just talking to the guy. All of a sudden, he, he kind of thumped his head sideways and said, hey. Something's happening. I said, I know something's happening. It's called the Holy Ghost, son. Do you know God took that crushed arm, healed it right in front of our eyes? He went right to the doctor the next day, and that all the swelling was gone. They cut the cast off, and he's fine. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Woo! Jesus. How God anointed Jesus. And all y'all tell me, well, yeah, God did anoint Jesus. Well, you got to understand, Jesus is my friend. Jesus, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I accepted Him as supreme leader of my life. He is commander-in-chief. 
There's no one else. Jesus is. Jesus is. All right? With money, without money, with clothes, without clothes, with food, without food, does not change the situation. Some Christians' lifestyle will tell you how much they love Jesus. Lifestyle does not dictate the Holy Ghost. Faith in Jesus dictates the Holy Ghost. All right? Isaiah 61. I find myself getting a little serious with y'all here all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, I can feel aggression coming on me. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm all of a sudden heated up here. Like somebody poured a bucket of hot water on me. Uh oh. First phrase. Here's the problem. Isaiah 61 1. See, this is the problem. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Isn't that something? I give God the credit for what He's doing. Because I know me before, I was a gang member, and I was a good one. I was a mean individual. <laughs> I had no care for anybody. Less for the best. I really was. I was out there. Who drove me out there? I say who drove me out there. Were hypocrites sitting in the church. I got really angry as a pastor's son because of hypocrites. But you know, there was this little old woman, about 95 pounds. Little, I don't know about this word. I don't know if I should use it. I'm not going to use it. I don't know if it would be wrong over here. Let's just say she was easily excitable. I don't know which word y'all would get me in trouble with. Because I was preaching one day, and boy, I got myself in a mess. So I ain't going to use that term because it might be bad. I'd have to say it, God stopped me on that. Probably he is bad to y'all. She got up in my face. She told me, son, I mean, she was lit. And I'm a big old bruiser, and I'm standing here. I've got knives on me. I've got clubs in my car. I've got a shotgun. I'll shoot you. I won't even think I'll shoot you. Escalate. I know how. (laughs) And I'm sitting there, and this little old woman, she's up in my face. She said, let me tell you something, boy. And I'm looking at her little bit thing. What do you want, woman? You best be backing down. <laughs> she says, I'm not going to back down. She says, let me tell you why. She said, because you mean something to me. It was my wife's mama. <laughs> Isn't that right? She said, let me tell you, boy. You've got a choice. And I'm going to have the courage to tell you about that choice. You either sit with them hypocrites in church and worship God or you burn with them in hell. Now, you live with that. Well, I'm not used to people telling me that kind of stuff. I wanted to break her. Because that would be easy to do. Just break her and hush her up. But you see, she was telling the truth. And to this day, and that was a long time ago, to this day, those words have stuck in my mind. So if you want to be a hypocrite, knock yourself out. I can look at you and I can rejoice. And you can get mad at me. And I don't care. Because I'm going to worship Jesus. Because I'd rather be in church with you now than burn in hell with you later. And that's a suggestion for you. Because I'm a little bit over 95 pounds. And I ain't backing down either. <laughs> the Spirit of God's on me. Y'all, it's so much fun to go into orphanages, lay hands on everybody, and they all get healed. Touch broken arms. I was up in Tulsa. I don't know if y'all know about Tulsa in the United States, but that's like Mecca to the Christian world where we live. Everybody wants to go there and go to church. And I was in this big old church. There were several thousand people, and I was praying... They brought this woman in. Look, she couldn't walk. She had all these things to help her walk, but she couldn't. She was in a car wreck, see? Just so that this happened just the other day. 
her, I think it was her left leg, I think, wasn't it? it was the one they couldn't, uh, she had got broken up a little bit, pretty bad, but her left leg was the, was the problem. It, the heel and the, and the knee and all was smushed pretty bad. And they put it back together with all these pins and stainless steel, uh, what do you call it, uh, wires and stuff, right? But she couldn't walk. She's got a cast on from all around her waist all the way down. Cast is the right word. Cast, you understand cast? All right. Plaster. I think it's plaster. I don't know if they use it anymore or not. Anyway, she can't walk. So they brought her in there. Now, this is something. They brought her in there in a chair and set her down. <clears throat> and so I saw her over there, brand new cast on her and everything. And she was in pain. She was hurting. So then prayer time comes. So they brought her up there. These four big old guys get her and bring her up there. Set her down. I'm going down through there. Boom, boom. I'm trying to get to her. Because I don't want to touch that leg. So I went this way on purpose. So I'm praying around. Got over there. She's just looking at me. Just looking at me. I mean, she's in pain. You can just see it on her face. She's wide. She's hurting. I just took my handkerchief and just popped her on the face. Pow. Well, that irritated her. Because she was in pain. Well, like I said, the Spirit of the Lord's on me. I don't care if it irritates you or not. So I just took my handkerchief and drooped it over her face where I couldn't watch her be mad at me. <laughs> so then I prayed down a couple, two or three people. Went back and got my handkerchief. Give me that. That's mine. And she's just looking at me. And all of a, all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord that was on me blasted her. He got on her, knocked her slam out of the chair. I thought that was wonderful. Because <laughs> now she's not hurting no more. She's out. So she's just laying there peaceably. I said, oh, this is good. I'm going along. Went all the way down. I mean, this thing was, uh, it was big old place. So I prayed all the way down this other way. All right, now I got the pastor and his wife, and we're going in a little troop here. And, Oh, I mean, God's flowing through the place. You know, it's wonderful. All of a sudden, somebody's banging on my back. Bang, bang, bang. Well, I don't like that. <laughs> I really don't like that. There's no need to bang on my back. Just tap on me. I can feel it. But the problem was this lady was so excited. You know who it was? It was the lady in the cast. But there was a problem. She didn't have the cast no more. Do you know that God touched her, healed her, completely took the pins and wires out of her, and they took the cast off, and she was back there doing calisthenics. Isn't that something? Wow. Pretty nice. And I was a little bit disappointed, because I told her lady, I said, man, is it? The guy beside her was doing the scalastatics too. He said, don't worry about it. I'm a general practitioner. She's fine. He was a doctor. And so both of them was just doing all kind of that jumping and exercising and having fun. And, and I was just looking at him. Because you know, after a while, I don't know if y'all noticed in these prayer lines, but after a few minutes, I don't care what you do. Because I'm gone myself. I'm just barely, she, she keeps me up all the time. See, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. I can tell you stories. So you get tired of hearing stories. Every part of the body, kidneys, livers, I'm not kidding you, uh, 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 spinal bifida, uh, spinal meningitis, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, uh, things that you wouldn't think about even praying for people because there's just no cure for it. Yes, there is. It's called the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Look at Isaiah. I'm telling you, he's prophesying what God wants to do. We have to let God be God, church. We have to let Him be God. We aren't God. He is. <clears throat> he has anointed me. He's qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to, to the meek and to the poor and to the afflicted. That's what I do for a living. He has sent me to bind up and heal the broken and hearted, to proclaim liberty to the physically and spiritually captive. Opening of the prisons and of the eyes of those who are bound. I better stop there. I need to tell you all something. I'm just coming back from Europe. 
by way of Australia. And I was just, I was over there and they, they took me into, in Germany. They took me into one of the most complicated prison systems. I did not know it existed on the planet. That thing, they, they asked me if I'd go to the prisons. Well, I, you know, because I know Isaiah 61, Luke 4 and different verses, I have to go to prisons. Because not just because I have to, I'm not. It's not a pain to me, but it's part of, it's part of what I do because the Spirit of the Lord's on me, because I want to, because those people, listen. These the place I went to is the number one security prison in all of Europe, and I went to that place. You know, I was expecting a little bit of security, but I'm telling you, I went through. X-ray machine after X-ray machine after X, one after another one. Still, doors shutting. Everybody's got their own. And I mean, you can see through the you know glass, and you can see everybody taking me and 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 making sure I don't have arms and any kind of weapon on me or anything else. But the next crew is like the first one. They just got through looking at me, but it doesn't matter. We're going through it again. And again, I've never been under that much scrutiny, ever. Not even with the terrorist demons. And he's, so I finally got in there. I was so blessed. Because all I had in my hands was my Bible. They took that Bible. I'm not kidding. They flipped them pages. I don't know how many times they... I told them, ain't nothing going to fall out of there but the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but they wouldn't listen to me. Finally, they shut that last big gate. Boom. And so I got in there, and I'm walking with this, this chaplain, and, and it's uh, who they are are these, uh, I don't know how to say it, these, these assassins that go around the world making hits on big people, important people. Most of the people in there were assassins that had several hits to their credit. All right? And they were mean individuals. They had no conscience. They need Jesus. Do you understand that? So I go up in there, and they brought them in. It was a little, it was a theater thing, and every every one of those prisoners were brought in individually and put in an individual little cell. It wasn't a cell really, but it was a it was a little room thing where they could see me, but they couldn't see each other. I mean, they were treated worse than any animal I've been around. And I'm just looking at him. I just can't believe it. So they brought this guy in there. This black fella from North Carolina. That's one of our states, United States. I told him, man, what you in here for? He said, well, you know, I got, I made a mistake. I killed a few people. I said, oh. I said, didn't you realize it was a mistake after one? I mean, you know, after you do it once, you realize it's a mistake and you don't keep doing it. He said, well, hey. And here's his exact words to me. As you would probably tell me, I'm led by demons. That's what he told me. I looked at him. I said, yeah, you're right. I will tell you that. you led by demons. And I'm going to tell you this. Watch this. Now, you watch. Let me. I don't know how you are, but this is how I am. The Spirit of God's on me. So, when, when you're in that tense of a situation, how do you handle it? Well, I guess you rise up to the occasion, I guess, don't you? Shouldn't you do that? So I just looked at him and told him, look, before I leave here, you will be groveling on the floor, snot and tears, because Jesus is going to knock the devil out of you. Now, you interpret that. So he interpreted word for word. I mean, this guy was, he was real. They all were. This is really good. So I preached the gospel, got very aggressive with those fellas. Because I was one of them even though I didn't get caught. That don't make me any better. That makes Jesus king in my life. And I'm grateful he got me out before we got in too, too far. And I'm looking at these guys and preaching the gospel. And all of a sudden I saw it. It just listened to me. I am in the most maximum security prison. I wouldn't know if it might not be in the whole world, but I do know of Europe. I saw 
It wasn't a wave like I'm used to in Mexico where God rolls in and all the people get knocked down like that. A thousand people get hit at once. But it was, these are the most hardened men I personally had ever been around. Tears and sobbing just started from my left, went all the way across the place. And those people came down, started getting born again. Guards were a little nervous because of too many of them getting in the crowd at one time. I just kept on praying in tongues. And they kept coming. And this one guy came. Now listen to this. This is going to deal with your theology a little bit. But I'm here to make sure you get stretched. His arm was frozen, right? So I asked him, what happened to you, man? And he said, I figure you can figure that out. Well, let's see here. You was probably out there killing somebody, and they got, got in a firefight, and somebody shot you. He said, that's exactly right. And they worked on you, and, they, and now your arm don't work anymore. It's just frozen. He said, that's right. I said, man, how bad do you want Jesus? He said, I want Jesus. He said, you, you have come here. You have risked your life. I'm telling you, going in there, it's a risk. I want your Jesus. I said, that's good. And I acted like I was going to turn away. And I took my handkerchief out all at one time and just slapped him in the face. He flipped. Whoa! See, them guards didn't know this thing here. Bad news. <laughs> Woo! He was knocked out cold. All them guards are looking at my handkerchief, you know, and the rest of them them inmates are looking at my handkerchief. That guy from North Carolina, he said to me in English, said, What you got up in that thing, man? That was the wrong thing to ask. I walked over to him. I said, let me just show you. I hit him right in the face. Holy Ghost hit that black guy up in the air with his feet. Bang, he's out. <laughs> Toughest men I've ever been around. Here's what they all did. Every one of them, instantly. <laughs> they backed up. Because see, they can't see that power. It's uncommon to them. See, they're not in control anymore. Now we're outside of the realm of their possibilities. Now we're in my realm. Now we're in God's realm. Now the Spirit of the Lord's on us. He's told me, set the captives free. See? You don't do that by trying to be friends or get along. You do that by knocking the devil out. Out of here, demon. It's not a program they need. It's the Spirit of the Lord they need. It's the power of the Holy Ghost they need. And guess what? It's the same thing you need. Yes, your life is a lot better. A lot more in control. You haven't lost control. I agree with all that. But that does not change you as a human. Your need is just as great. And you are just as vulnerable. You need Jesus. You need the Spirit of power to come on you. Grace and mercy and might of the Holy Ghost. That's what I need. That's what I'll have. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh. After a few minutes, the guy with the arm. Oh, I got to finish this. Now listen, I understand what I'm telling you. He was shot by a man-made bullet. He had surgery done on him. Do you understand? Parts of him was taken out so he could survive, so he could keep his arm. Do you understand? I understand too. But God, He reckons He's God, I guess. I'm serious. It's almost like He thinks He really owns the planet. I really like saying that. Because it so makes you mad at me. In your mind, you'll smile at me. We know that, you knothead. But you don't. 
I've got to stimulate you to think, to let Him be Lord. Because let me tell you what God did. God restored that man's arm. Right in front of all those other inmates and me and everybody else, that boy got his arm used back. And we are shouting. We are running. These guys are crying. They say, give me that handkerchief. Give me your Jesus. I mean, they want anything I had, buddy. I'm surprised I got out of there without it with clothes on. <laughs> Serious. I'm not joking. I took my Bible, stuck it in my shirt. I'm getting out of here with my Bible. That's my, my favorite preaching Bible. They can't have my favorite preaching Bible. I'll buy them another one. Look, these men got born again. These men got healed. That guy from North Carolina, he just exactly what I told him. Y'all should have seen the puddle of snot and tears on the floor. I mean, God was moving on that man. Heaven changed him. And guess what since then? Let's see. I think it's called revival has broke out in that place. Even guards are attending those services. And shouting and worshiping Jesus without weapons. Isn't that something? I reckon that's nice. See, the Spirit of God is on us. God, you got to see that. He's on, he, God's here. <laughs> Man, I like the Holy Ghost. I really do. Wait, we better do verse 2. To proclaim. <laughs> Look, I have trouble with all these verses because I can do one verse and stay there the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm serious. Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what I'm doing to you. The year. All right. This is amplified. Of His favor. Do you understand that God's favor is on you. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. But you keep going like you don't. I know you mentally receive it. That's why we're going to pray in a minute for more fire. Because that fire will burn past your great understanding and get into the spirit world and bring you with it. I mean, God's favor is on us. I am a favored individual. I'm telling you, I was down yonder in Brazil the other day. My wife and I was. Oh, yeah, this is funny. I better tell them about your meetings. She had these meetings with these women. There's a whole bunch of women there. And these interpreters, <laughs> this is fun to me. They'd start talking, right? She'd start talking about Jesus, and these, they'd start talking. Boom! They'd fall out. They'd drag that interpreter off, put nothing up there. That's fun when that happens. Because the Holy Ghost is power. The Holy Ghost is Power. I'm sitting up in there. You never know who you're praying for. Do, you, do, do y'all know that? I didn't know. I, I was going along praying. I like this so much. And there's these people. They're sitting in their, uh, what do y'all call them? Track suits? Trek suits? Is that what y'all call them, right? We call them jogging suits. That's similar. Not even close. <laughs> it's, we were sitting there, you know, and there's this couple. They look exactly like everybody else in the line. They was brown. And they all had on track suits, trek suits, jogging suits, matched. It was pretty. But I didn't know who they was. I recently got this guy by the nap of the head. Jesus! What? Fubu! Good night. He flipped. Really. His feet was all of a sudden in my face, and he had Nike tennis shoes on. <laughs> and when he got through, he had rolled out into the dirt off the concrete slab. You know who he was? He was a senator for the country of Brazil. I recently got his wife. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know she was his wife. Bang! She was out by him. Next to her was another woman. I didn't know who these people was. I'm just firing them all. Fogu. Fogu. Receba. Fogu. Receive fire. It was the governor's wife. 
I didn't know that the guy next to her, her husband, I didn't know he was the governor. I popped him in the forehead. Pow! I mean, the Holy Ghost flipped him the same way. See, favor. Are you hearing me? God so changed those people's, listen, mentality, politics, and marriages in one day because of the fire of God. They went to the pastor and said, we don't know who that guy was what touched us, but we know that power that touched us is the Holy Ghost. I'm going to do everything I can to back y'all, help y'all any way I can. I'm going to help you. You know something? One prayer, and you never know who you're touching. You've got to walk in the favor of God. You've got to understand that the Spirit of God's on you. All the time. Just to, I don't know, I think it was the next service. We was in there, it was thousands of people. And I'm there, and this guy is standing down there. I'm up on this platform. It's, it's as wide as this building, that platform is. Big old thing. And I, he's standing down there, he's just looking at me like this. That draws my attention. Best thing you can do to get me off you is just at least move a little bit. And I won't notice that you need the devil knocked out of you. <laughs> Woo! People think i got great discernment. Well, it's easy to figure out. Somebody standing there rigid and mad at me. You know, that's easy to figure. I jumped off that platform. Went right up to him. What's the matter with you? Don't you see God moving? He didn't even answer me. Just looking at me. I said, all right, that's fine with me. You don't have to answer me. But I'm going to pray for you and you have to answer God. I hit this fellow. <laughs> listen. Now you listen to me. I know y'all believe that if somebody don't want to receive, they don't have to. Praise the Lord, brother. <laughs> well... I found out. Woo! I'm on them spirits today, brother. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is Sunday morning crowd. I gotta get you while I got you. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Mercy. There's plenty for everybody. That fella is standing there. Arms folded, rigid. I just started tapping him on the chest. Fogu. 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 All of a sudden his hands dropped. He looked at me. I just smiled at him. That's when the handkerchief came out. I just drooped it around his neck and got him in there. Started tapping him on the chest. Fogu. Because I know he's fixing to fly and I want to have a hold of it. I want to make sure he don't go anywhere. I want to keep hitting him with that hand. Fogu. I want because I don't know who he is, but I reckon the space around him meant he was somebody. Nobody would even stand close to him. Turns out he got knocked for a flip. It was wonderful. Knocked out. Then after a while he came to and I asked him, "Don't you want to be born again?" He's sobbing and weeping. Of course, yes, he wants to get born again. So, but it turns out he was the head. Spiritist of the whole state. Not only that, he was the head of all penitentiaries in northern Brazil. And because of that, now listen to this, because of that one aggressive moment I had in my life, the Spirit... <laughs> the spirit <laughs> I'm not making this very far, Miss Hogan. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh, Jesus. Man, I'm acting like this is a Wednesday night prayer meeting or something. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Do you know what he's done since then? He's opened up all the penitentiaries and prisons all over northern Brazil to that church group. They have free reign, and the guards and everybody has to help them they, I mean, people are being saved in those jails by the hundreds. Isn't that wonderful? Man! Woo! Yeah! 
Man. See, it does matter what you do in life. It does matter that God's favor is on you. It does matter that you care enough about somebody that might be a little bit resistant to the Holy Ghost and to God for you to go up to them and approach them and say, Hey, you know, don't you want some fire on you? Come on. Well, no, actually, I don't want any fire. Well, that's too bad. Fire! I've had people slug me, you know. You know, they would. My, my, I apologize to you about being a human, okay? Let's just say that. Because I have pretty good reflexes. And you hit me, I don't know, I, I hit you before I think about it. Oh, sorry! I meant that to be fire! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a human. I repent to you about that, but I'm, I'm getting over it. One of these days, I will get over it. I'll have me a new body and a new spirit, and I'll have whatever else I can get my hands on from the Holy Ghost. Verse 3. <laughs> We're supposed to be cleaning some other passage by now. We're not going to make it. Because I'm fixing to stop, because I mean I am burning on fire, and I just want to pray for you. Because some of y'all got important dinner to eat. <laughs> and if you don't make that meal, the world's going to come to an end. Oh, my God. <laughs> gouge, gouge. And I can do that with a smile. Look at me. I can do lots of stuff with a smile on my face. Can't I know that's danger there, isn't it? You need to tell these people how dangerous that is. Now, if you got me quiet with a smile, things are going to change. <laughs> you got the smile. I'm fixing to get quiet because I'm just about through, through. I'm tired of talking. Because I can feel the Spirit of God wants to touch this place. And we're going to let Him. If you'll just open yourself to God, let the Spirit of God come on you. He's going to touch you. Because he's touching me right now. Brother Brendan got touched a while ago. I shouldn't have touched him. I might need him in a minute sing or something. Look at verse 3. To grant consolation and joy. Let me just tell you that that's what I'm doing to you right now. I'm talking to you humorously, divulging my humanity, letting you laugh. Joy is coming in you. The spirit of power is overtaking you. And as we're talking, as I'm talking, you're listening. God's touching you. Did you know that? I'm used to doing this kind of preaching and people just getting healed spontaneously. But in y'all's modern, not just y'all, Western life is difficult. Because you just sit there and you want to sort out my theology first. And I don't have any. What I've got is I'm just reading the Bible to you. Is it my fault because prisoners get healed? No. All I did to them was read the Bible to them and they just got healed. That's not my fault. <laughs> to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament of a garland of a diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment expressive of praise. Come on, God. Instead of... Where am I? I can't even see it hardly. Oh, yeah. Instead of a heavy, burdened... Listen to this. I just had to tell you this. And failing spirit. You know what I know about the modern church world? I know y'all. I've studied y'all a little bit. Sit and watch. My Indians are not this way because they don't know it yet. I've guarded them from religion and things that would harm them that I think will harm them. Kept that work pure and just excited. Just Jesus. Just, it's like a brand new work, even though it's, we've got a quarter of a century now. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. Excitement. I don't want no failing. Did you know that you will come to church and you will talk on the telephone and that you will talk to your friends 
bubbly, excited when you're dying with cancer. Did you know that? That's not right. I'm not telling you to be, you know, downtrodden and mournful all the time, but I am telling you to be real. If they're truly your friends and you love them, man, you ain't got to put up a front. Let the Spirit of the Lord come on you. Be honest. You don't have to walk in a failing, depressing spirit. You can walk with the garland of praise about you. An honest, truthful life. In, in our work and in my marriage and with my kids and people that know me real well, when, when something's wrong with David, everybody recognizes it. I don't put on any pretense. I, it's not that I don't care that you may look down on me for being a human. It's that I know you're just like me. Isn't that something? Maybe not exactly like I am. <laughs> but I won't, I am, I am, in our work, one of the strongest things I teach on is accepting responsibility for yourself, your family, what, what you're doing for God, what you're doing in your jobs, and being a real honest person that the world can walk, can see truth through, can receive help from. And even though you don't hide and under, hide behind and act like nothing's wrong, you, you, you're a human just like everybody else is, but you, you have help. You have the Spirit of God. You have the great Holy Ghost, the name of Jesus, the blood, the fire, the wind, the rain, the river of God. Y'all, we've got help. We have Jesus. It's so fun. I get up here and start preaching like this in my work, and all of a sudden there'll be somebody walk in. They walked in with this little baby. It was, a, well, really, it was a 12 year old fella, little boy. They brought him in. He was just drooped all over the arms of mom and daddy. I didn't know, I didn't know if he's dead, because they bring me that stuff all the time. You never know what it is. They brought that kid in. I wouldn't quit preaching. But there were so many people in the church, it was, I couldn't move. Y'all notice I'm mobile. I like to move, but I was stuck. It was too many people. They fought their way through, laid that kid down on my feet because I wouldn't quit preaching. I kept preaching. This kid was laying on my feet. I never officially prayed for him. That's another thing y'all don't like because I, I say that a lot because it's important for you to understand that your works is not what's helped. Not what helps people. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's very correct and admirable and right to pray in Jesus' name. To pray and call down the fire of God. Those things are correct. But more correct is to walk in the anointing of God. It's not works. least any man should boast. It's grace and mercy. So that heaven can receive the honor. And I kept preaching. And that little old boy turned over. And, you know, he's on my feet, so I, can, so I look at him. And he put his little hands between his legs like this. Well, that didn't mean a thing to me. But the problem was, the boy had been born paralyzed and could not move. And for 12 years, they had had problems with this kid because he was... Something happened. I don't know what happened at birth. But he, he, he was paralyzed from the neck down. And the people didn't say a word to me. They just reached and picked up the kid and walked out with him. You know, I don't care. Bring him in. Let my, my boots needed dusting off anyway. <laughs> I like my boots to be clean. So bring that kid over and lay him on there. That's all right. I'm steady doing this. Son. I mean, I reckon the kid's asleep. He don't care. But the problem was he wasn't asleep. He was paralyzed. You know, after a while they come in, all of a sudden, because when something like that happens, and God does such a miracle like that, people are spontaneously reacting to it. You, you cannot stop it. 
And the whole place went into an uproar. So I had to stop preaching finally. Okay, what's going on? So here comes this kid up. Twelve years he's been paralyzed. Now he's healed. And that's something. See, it's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We'll read this and stop. Forty-five minutes is enough. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, there we are. See, God wants you to be something, okay? This is God's idea for you and I. That they, that's us, people without these failing spirits and this and disgusting attitudes and, and evil characters and characteristics. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, magnificent. This is this. Distinguished for uprightness and justice, right standing with God, the planning of the Lord. The reason for all that is so he can be glorified. It says it right there. God wants to be glorified through us, y'all. I'm telling you, I can't get over this little old lady the other day. I was there. Little grandma. She come up there right at the end of service. When I got through preaching, she just walked right up. Boom, boom, boom. Her son was big old boy right behind her. I reached over there. I jumped off the platform, just touched her. Bang, she fell down. I said, oh, boy, this is good. Prayed long, came back. Prayed for her again because she is up. Uh-uh. Jesus' name, be healed. Bang, she went back down. Prayed that way, came back, bang, third time. This is wonderful, I tell you. Then she started hooting. When them grandma started hooting, I like it. Woo! 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 So I went over to her. What you hooting about, Granny? What's going on here? I want in on it. What's the problem? No problem, Brother David. I'm healed. I said, that's great. What was you healed of? See, I didn't even have any idea. And I do believe in specific prayer. But I believe more in the Holy Ghost anointing. When you've got a thousand people to pray for, you can't take that ten minutes with everybody. You've got to have the anointing. And it has to be big enough in you to override anything that you come up against. The woman had been blind for 19 years. Bang! She was healed. I like it. Come on, Jesus. Y'all stand up and let's pray together, will you, please? See, it's because the Spirit of the Lord is on us. The Spirit of the Lord is on us. The Spirit of the Lord is on us. How about it, my little brother? Thank you very much, Lee. Jesus. Jesus is on us. I might get Louise to give you all his rendition of the snake man tonight, maybe. We'll see. I might let him tell a story. He went with me on a motorcycle out to service. We ran into a demon-possessed fellow that looked exactly like a snake. And Brother Louise, Brother Louise prayed for him and God cast the devil out. It was pretty nice. It was pretty fun. We'll see. We'll see. Can we just worship Jesus and thank Him for the great Holy Ghost? Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, great Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your great Holy Ghost, Father. Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need the fire of God. We need the Spirit of the Lord to come on us. We need the great Holy One to touch us. Touch us, Father. Touch us, Father. Come on on up, guys. Jesus. You all know that song, Holy and Anointed One? Holy and... Anointed one, Jesus. That means no. The way you look at me means no. That's all right. That's okay. That's all right.
or five. Let's just do whatever you, you think about it. Just worship Jesus. Come on, troops. Come on, please. Understand that you're not of a failing spirit, but you're of the Spirit of the Lord. Rejoice, church, in the Lord our God. 